Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Welcome. holidays. No. Okay. Welcome to this second, but almost first episode of the guest series. It's the second, but it's technically the first. That just confuses things. It's, Welcome it's, to this episode. Welcome to this episode. Where we sit down at the table with some of our friends and journey through the Christmas story. So today's guests are Natalie and Gordon Watson, who are friends of ours. We've known them for a at least four years now they are friends and mentors and pastors and incredible people that are on fire for Jesus in Sittingbourne they are church planters for Hope Church Sittingbourne they run out of a Costa coffee which is John's dream of church love (laughs) Um, it flat whites on tap but we are really excited to have them share they are Mm. wise um thoughtful passionate people and um, Christians that we really admire and listen to and go to for yeah. um, for some wisdom and for some care and some for some love. So we hope this episode will really challenge, inspire you, and have you think perhaps a little bit differently um, about the capture and the majesty mm. of the Christmas story as seen through Matthew, 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 the book of Matthew. Um, and also, Gordon's a Charlton fan, so um, we have a lot in common. A lot yeah, he's, of he's burden, fan, burdens to bear. Um, but yeah, so here's our conversation with Gordon and Natalie. Hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. Enjoy. We've got some special guests today, haven't we, Beth? We do have special guests. Um, so, do you want to? In, uh, in, uh, do, you want, <laughs> do you want to introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Natalie. And my name's Gordon. Hi, Natalie and Gordon. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's so funny. It's so when... official, isn't it? I just... <laughs> it's, just... it's so funny. So we know who you are. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you are right now. What is your current job roles, your life? Where is life capturing you right now? So we live in Sittingbourne. We're leaders of Hope Church in Sittingbourne and we meet in Costa on a Sunday. Um, as a job I work as a teaching assistant in a local secondary school. Yeah and um, my job I'm, I sort of work for the church plant that we, we started four years ago so our family moved over from near my, nearby Medway in Kent and um, kind of we, we planted a new church community which has grown over the last four years and uh, that church releases some of my time. So I'm pretty much almost full time um, doing that. We're also husband and wife and we've got two children as well. And uh, we're, we're looking to foster in the near future as well. So we kind of adopt and foster. Um, mm. So that's a little bit about our sort of family as well. Love it. And we've got a dog, a lovely dog called Merlin. <laughs> Love it. Very important. Dogs are always included in conversations. <laughs> yep. So we're obviously sitting at the table and I've got to ask this question so this is a Christmas episode we're thinking about the Christmas time so Chris picture it's Christmas day you've got your plate in front of you what is one thing you absolutely have to have on your Christmas day meal the main meal yeah the main meal yeah (laughs) main meal I think pigs in blankets agreed yeah good chef you, you know what? It, it's not Christmas unless you've got Brussels sprouts. <laughs> That's true. This is where this is where we're best mates. <laughs> last last time Beth was going, oh Brussels sprouts, that's disgusting. I was like, no, you, only time of year you're allowed really to have them. So I'm uh, a fan. That's so funny. I'm with you, Natalie. Pigs in blankets. You just... we'll leave the boys with their plates of Brussels sprouts and a bit of gravy. We'll have the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um yeah 
now I just think about pigs in blankets. <laughs> <laughs> just having a moment. <laughs> um, although, side note, last year we tried pigs in blankets crisps. Not the same. No, Ruined it's just, just smoky bacon crisps, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. don't do just it. Say, Stick to just... the real thing. Um, yeah, don't do that. So my next question to you is selection box. So they are the, they come out at Christmas. Mm. If you're going to be, be a selection box or if you've got to have a selection box, which one is it? And oh tell gosh. us why. We're not going to judge you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have selection boxes because there's always something in there that I don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story about me when you came up on Christmas? And oh, I sat yeah, in... that's a tub of heroes, wasn't it? Yeah. I worked all day at, I used to work for the NHS, so I'd done a 12-hour shift, come home, saw Gordon had opened this box of heroes. I thought, oh, that's great, I'll have one. There were none left. And he was telling oh, me how hungry he was because he hadn't eaten all day. I was like, apart from a whole tub of heroes by yourself. Yeah, it was full, oh, full of the wrappers. It was full of the wrappers. I was going to say, is it full of the wrappers? It was a well. good innings. That was before when they were big tubs as well. You know, they look like they've sort of yep. slimmed them down a bit now. But yeah. I think I, I don't know what one it is, but the one with bounties in, if they've still got bounties, I, I've heard they're taking bounties out. But I love bounties. You see, I'm a fan of a that's bounty. A celeb- I think that's celebra- celebrations. That's celebrations. Yeah, yeah. So that's celebrations for me. Cadbury's, isn't it? And then uh, Roses is also Cadbury's. Yeah, but that's more like, that's like the upmarket genus- one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> old fashioned. It is. It is. Like, yeah. Love it. Yeah. See, I'm the same. Like, I like Heroes, but I don't like the fudge in Heroes. Oh, Everything. No. I'm a fan, but can't have the fudge. Just fudge is my favourite one in the Heroes. It's like, it? yes, yeah, no, beautiful. Yuck. Nah, not fan. I'm a celebrations because I like the galaxy caramels. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like you, Natty, like there's not one that I like all of them. So it's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I know um, John Lewis now, you can buy the Quality Street and you can just pick one or two. You can just select. You can go in store. Yeah. You can do it online now and just select either two or just even if you just like the green triangles. I mean, it's really dangerous. um, Why would you just buy plain green triangles? You could just go to the shop and buy plain chocolate. It's a bit. That's true. You know, that's very true. Um, see, it says a lot about people what they what they they pick and they think. Brussels sprouts and yeah, (laughs) and green triangles. (laughs) My my step granddad, he is one of you hate it. He always take eats the like the chocolate and puts the wrapper back in the tub. In the the tub, the is a bit of a pet hate. Uh, It probably go my room one hundred and one if we've. We've discovered the last couple of months that John has, it's, it's not like, it's not a room 101, it's more like a storage container yeah, it, 101. Yeah, it's a, it's a warehouse, isn't it? <laughs> he he just keeps saying, that'll be my room 101. That would be my room 101. Get rid of that, love. Get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's coming with growing older. Like, things are just getting a little bit more. I said to Beth when I was driving the other day, I was like, man, I'm getting so moany about everything. <laughs> that is so miserable. You need a bit of Christmas cheer, John. That's what oh, you that's need. What a bit of Christmas cheer. Yeah. Well, when I first met I reckon... him, a Grinch. Yeah. He hated Christmas. How can you so... hate Christmas? I know, Natalie. I know. Maybe I'm the Grinch. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I think but... you. Yeah, you are sometimes. <laughs> like taking. It took how many? So we've been married what six years this year? Seven years. Six years this year. Yeah. It's Seven taken this, this long year. to get us to be able to put decorations up before, like two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. Before then, it was like... It's a journey. It had to I'm be middle a, of December. I'm on a journey. I'm getting there. <laughs> Whereas me, I'm like, Christmas is first of December. I'm I'm like ready, raring to go. We're, yeah, absolutely. So, bless you. I love me. I love you, though, even though you bar humbug at Christmas. 
So this episode, we are thinking about the Christmas story and we're like bringing it in. So last episode, we had like just fun chat with John and I. We just talked about... We digressed a bit, didn't we? We talked a lot about crazy things at Christmas. But this podcast, as it it always has started to be, is about bringing people together at the table and centering that on on scripture. Mm. If you could play, if you... We're doing an, an attempt... Nativity for Sittingbourne. Let's put let's put this together because yeah, we live in Sittingbourne too. We're putting on a nativity play for Sittingbourne, and you two get to pick whatever character you want to be. Oh my god! Who are you going to play? Oh, I'm in. I, I want to be a shepherd. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the shepherds. They see the angels. You know, it's like it's quite a good gig. They mm. haven't got a lot of lines, so you haven't got to worry about getting stage fright. You just got to look amazed. Oh, what are these angels? And then you just go and find Jesus. And there's other people there, like the important people. You just hide away in the background. It's like the three kings there or the three wise men. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a shepherd. Nice. Don't know. Yeah, I gave you loads of time, I think, then. I was doing <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's not what many people be? in there, is there? Mary, Joseph, oh, really? I don't want to be any of the frontline characters. Yeah. Maybe I'll just be the star it, over the stable. Could be an Watch angel. It all. An angel. <laughs> I don't think my character fits an angel. <laughs> my Love that. John, who would what would you be, or who would you um, be? Well, I was going to say shepherd, but because Gordon says shepherd, I think I'll go for like one of the animals. Like someone always plays some really random animal in a nativity. That was always me. Like it would be a camel. I've, I've heard of like some kids being lobsters and stuff at school nativities. Wowzers. Seagull. Seagull. seagull like those rats. Heard. I'd like the idea of being like a talking cow or something. <laughs> the Christmas lobster. Yeah. <laughs> the Christmas lobster or something. Uh, the famous lobster from Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs> the lone lobster. Um, yeah, that's why I think I'd go for it. We'll go for the cow. Yeah. I think our daughter was a judge one year. See? Judge, yeah. I think they get obscure and obscure every year, you know, just the creativity. I mean, I guess because of creativity-wise, they don't want to do the same thing every year. But... There was an advert where, uh, was it Sainsbury's that did an advert where one of the kids was like a plug and it jumps into the... You love that did you, have you, Do you remember that? No. Oh. You, you loved that advert, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sure it's Sainsbury's or Nectar, one of the two. Yeah, it was. And it was like, the kids were like Christmas tree. They were like lights, and this one kid's like a plug, and he just runs over, and jumps into this plug socket. socket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm find it. Hilarious. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. who are you being, Beth? I don't see. I, I was always an animal when I did when we did nativity plays in church. I was always an animal, and I always actually was really angry about it. But actually, now I've got older, and I think about it, the animals get to see like. They're there for the whole thing. They're there to, like, there's no kind of dipping in and out. This is their home already. Um, mm. And they're just kind of there, you know, minding their own business, being animals. And then yeah. this, the birth of the Messiah happened <laughs> in their house. So mm. I think it's not as bad of a gig as you think when you're, but no. when you're 10 or like yeah, you 15, Mary, you, you? you don't want to be. I was always like the camel and the first couple of years I was like the back end of a camel which is even worse <laughs> like, wow that's, that's someone didn't like you <laughs> yeah I was never in it were you I don't ever remember doing it no, no. I, I did when I was very young I think I was an angel yeah oh, I can see <laughs> I had a little tinsel <laughs> halo with a made out of a wire coat hanger beautiful sure yeah. you look beautiful oh. yeah. 
do you have any funny stories of because you know being in church have any nativities gone wrong or anything really funny no I, I i did hear about one just a recent one where there was a fight over the baby jesus um because it was one of the girl's dolls and the other girl wanted her doll and so they ended up having a fight there and then for the jesus baby this is like a recent thing that apparently was- <laughs> So, I think the funniest one was when um, we were at Medway and a fully grown man came in dressed in a nappy because yes. he would, thought it was fancy dress and he was best dressed as a baby Jesus. Yeah, it was planned. So I was I was guilty for being part of the people that one of the people that planned it. <laughs> so one of my friends suggested I could pretend that I arrive and I think it's fancy dress and I'll come as the baby Jesus. And so my friend is about six foot five and he, he basically, whilst we were doing the introductions, loads of guests there, you can imagine, there's like 100 people there. The door opens to the side of me and in comes this man wearing a diaper. Man, baby. He came in in a nappy, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow, that's that is, funny. That is, that is the, that's probably one of the top ones I've heard. That's brilliant. We had one a couple of years ago, didn't we, when we were at Sittingville Salvation Army and I was... I worked with the, we called it primary in the Salvation Army, but that's like your, your young Sunday school. So I think it's like two to f- five, two six, to five, six. Yeah. yeah. And so we were organising that. They're all on the platform. It's all really cute. Everyone's like cooing and are in at these, you know, cute little kids playing. Singing away in a manger. Singing away in a manger. Then all of a sudden, one of the kings gets up, goes to the manger, picks up baby Jesus by the arm and literally pelts it out into the audience <laughs> my manger and sits in the manger <laughs> it's like no not not yours jesus my manger and just is, brilliant but i think that's probably the best we've yeah, ever that's had that's a good one that's a good one yeah so i mean all the nativity kind of you know fun and jokes aside mm. one of the things that we I think as you go into adulthood you realize perhaps the nativity story that you that we understand or get presented isn't quite as accurate as the scripture tells and it gets Mm. very distorted Mm. and I think one of the things we've really enjoyed as leaders and and pastors in kind of journeying with people during Christmas time is actually sharing what really happened because the nativity and both Matthew and Luke kind of share a very different picture, you know, the kings or wise men and all of this capture. So <clears throat> I think it's really nice to be able to sit and explore this chapter mm. um, or the two chapters we're going to look at. So <clears throat> for everyone listening, we are focusing today on Matthew 1 and Matthew 2. Now, we won't be reading it out to you as the listeners, otherwise We'll probably be here for a while quite a lot isn't it um so if you are if you haven't already read the the verse or the chapter sorry take some time now pause um grab a nice cup of tea coffee eggnog. hot chocolate eggnog it's christmas um <laughs> wine or whatever then <laughs> grab something and get out your bible on your phone or wherever you have that and read matthew one and two so if you haven't got a Bible with you, um, the beginning of Matthew is quite interesting because it kind of goes through like a really like detailed family tree, basically, um, of, for Jesus. So it goes through um, some really random names. <laughs> so like for someone like myself, that's not great with spelling. Um, it's not the best, but it goes. Yeah, it sort of starts with like 
Abraham was the father of Isaac, then it goes Isaac was the father of Jacob, it carries on and on and on and on, and then it, until it gets to where it says about Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, um, who is called the Messiah. Um, so it says that, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and for the deportation uh, and from the deportation from the deportation to babylon uh, babylon uh, to the messiah 14 generations so it's quite an interesting read <laughs> it's i quite think intense. matthew wanted us to know there were 14 generations yes <laughs> <laughs> it's like quite clear that this is what we need to know mm. um i think a lot of people get quite i don't know I know some people that have said to me before like oh it's just so boring we'll just skip this chapter like skip this yeah. bit but actually, this holds such significance, this, mm. this lineage, it's so important. It, it is the, the start and the depth to show, really, the, the line that Jesus was promised to. It links together, you know, the, the promises from Abraham all the way through the Old Testament, all the stories we read. Mm. You know, it's the thread that ties all of this together. Yeah, I agree. There's lots in the Old Testament, isn't it? It says that the Messiah was going to be of the line of David, of the tribe of Judah. And this just really proves it. Mm -hmm. Just like, this is who he is. This is who we've been waiting for, for many, many generations, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's happening right now. How exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love the fact that in verse four, there's someone called Salmon. Um, I think like <laughs> Christmas, have a nice piece of Salmon at Christmas. So yeah. even in the names, like someone called Salmon. But yeah, I do think it's just, it, it is easy just to skip through. But then you think, wow, there's like, I don't know what my maths, my maths isn't brilliant, but that looks like 42 generations. So three fourteens, 42, I think. So there's yeah. 42 generations between um, the son of David, sorry, son of Abraham, all the way through to to Jesus, forty two generations. You just think, wow! All those mm. all those stories, all those lives lived, all the experiences, the seeing mm. the, the goodness of God. You think everything that's in the Old Testament it it spans that breadth, mm. like the story of Israel, God's dealing with His people, um, and then there's this promise that they've all been journeying sort of over those forty two generations for the Messiah, and here He is. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's the one we're going to read about in a minute, um, up to Jesus. Just amazing. Yeah, and I think that for me is what's amazing. Like, you know, it's not just God always undecided. Oh, and now I'm going to send Jesus. It's like for years, like there's a whole, like you say, there's there's so many generations where God was planning this. Like mm. it's not a coincidence. It's not some on a whim decision. It's, oh yeah, like there will come a time when Jesus does come mm. and it's the family line. like, and even, and I'm sure we'll potentially talk about it, but like, some of those that are in Jesus's family tree are so unlikely. Like they're not mm. kingdom um, or... You've got like, you've got Boaz, haven't you? You've yeah, you've got kings, queens, you've got, you know, yeah, okay, you've got David, but he was a, just a mere little boy kind of thing, wasn't he? And became this anointed man. Mm. Um, but then you've also got... Like Rahab. A, Rahab, a prostitute mm. and all that. And, you know, so it's a... I find that a really powerful thing as well, that God doesn't just pick. And again, it's like the nativity scene, isn't it? You know, God doesn't pick a castle or a, a kingdom for Jesus to be born into, but actually into such mere plainness, I guess, is that could be a word. Like, it's just the ordinary, isn't it? And yeah. into, the, um, into just such normal lives, really. 
Mm. Yeah, one of the things I like to think, I don't know about you guys, but you think of family trees, like I don't know about the listeners, but when I have a, a family, my family tree is really messy. And, mm. um, and I, I take real heart in the fact I look at Jesus's family tree. And like you said, it's really messy. Like mm. some of those stories in there are, are a real mess. They're a train wreck. People that were really unfaithful, some like there's prostitution going on. There's people that weren't really part of the tribe of Israel. There's outsiders, there's insiders, there's people of status, people who aren't. And, and I take real heart in that I, I can relate to that story. And yeah. so I think for often when we think of Christmas, we think of it all being perfect and neat and tidy. And we see a God's family tree isn't tidy. Jesus, mm. the Messiah, his family tree isn't neat and tidy. Like you've just said, John, it could be, you know, the Bible doesn't airbrush it. If you look at some of these stories, gosh, yeah. they're a mess. Yeah. And it's, I find, so this is where like the theology scholar in me comes out and it's like, I love looking at and thinking about the context and, and mm. looking at what, who Matthew was writing to. And we have, through the last two years we've been journeying with the our community in Faversham through the chosen and the chosen series de depicts Matthew's it's a TV series, TV, yeah. seri TV series and the chosen which we throughout our podcast sh share that listeners mm. should watch because it is an incredible piece yeah. of uh, media and they capture Matthew in a particular way that has actually really transformed my thinking of how I read the gospel they capture him in a way that lends him to being on the spectrum for, you know, whatever that may be, but yeah. there's definitely learning or autism Asperger's there. And the kind of order of this, you know, the account that someone mm. who was a tax man, someone who he was a Jewish man and they kept very good extensive records of their genealogy. And this for me also shows the proof of, of you know, Jesus. I mean, really, back then we shouldn't have all these records but because the Jews were so good and I think that's all of these finer details are so important it had to be the Jews that were there because they were that type of people they kept records it had to be you know Matthew that was recording this because of his the way that he his brain worked he mm. liked order and structure and lineage and for some readers this is helpful for some readers they think oh yeah this makes sense for me to access Jesus I can see the line and order I can see how it works mm. And all these finer things, I think sometimes we, because Christmas is such a big thing, it happens every year, we kind of can gloss over those, those really beautiful, powerful, minute moments that you think only God, mm. only God can do that. Only God mm. can be in all those finer details to make sure that it was this group of people because they, that's who they were as a people, keeping yeah. records, you know, having a, a clear line. Um, being all though you know that way of faithful and unfaithful and doing all these things i think mm. all of these things can only point to a god that you know is down to the very you know minute sand grain detail mm. and i just love that that just it blows me away every time yeah. i think about the like the tiny pieces of that because i do think we lose that at christmas oh, yeah absolutely i do think we get lost in that mm. um it was, a lot, it was a lot of hard work for matthew wasn't it you think you had to do a lot of research to get all of that in there and you see that in the accounts of um jesus and of his birth like the gospels are written by guys who really had to know their stuff and they yeah. really knew the old testament all the prophecies that were written mm. i mean we'll come to it in a bit but they reference isaiah they reference other prophecies and things about jesus and he fulfilled them all and a lot of them when he was born mm. So they had to, they had the work cut out, then they had to record it all. And that's a privilege we get today, isn't it? To read it all and take great joy in the fact that 
Jesus was born. Yeah. Yeah. There's a word in here, John, I want to ask you a question. So there's a word in here and, uh, and it says like it's in verse one, it's in verse 16, verse 17. Um, and it says, Jesus, the Christ, it keeps calling him the Christ. Mm. Um, so obviously, you know, it meant something to the people that this was written for. Could you just give us a, an explanation? What, what, what's it talking about there? Where it's like the bookends are like Jesus Christ, the Christ. And so what's that mean, the Christ? Yeah, I mean, the Christ, for how I take it, is like the saviour, is the Messiah. So I think like they're saying that like Jesus, the one that meant to come, the one that has come. And like for me, it's, yeah, it's saying like the saviour of the world kind of thing. I don't know yeah. if that's what everyone else's kind of thought process is. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of for me. That's where I kind of think of when I when I hear that. Mm. Yeah, I love- some people think that's his surname, but it wasn't, wasn't yeah. it? yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You always... hear like Jesus H. Christ. Uh, yeah. I'm Jesus T. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it, I love how it it points to from even from that moment, even that that is who he was. It didn't start when his ministry mm. started. It didn't start at, you yeah, know, once at, yeah. at Jewish ceremony. It didn't yeah. start, you know, once he'd been confirmed by the temple. It didn't start when he performed his first miracle or was baptized. From the second from his conception, he was Christ. He mm. was from God. You know, he was sent to save the world yeah. from that second. And, mm. you know, Christ from then and Christ till now, like, mm. and that doesn't end. Um, yeah, that sort of title, isn't it? It's like that kind of, it's like a job role, isn't it? It's like he's he's got his job description from, from the word go. I think that's a really, yeah, really powerful thing as we kind of think about who Jesus is. It's not just it's not just G, like you say, it's not just a last name. It's not just kind of oh, the attached second part of his name. It's it's like his mandate, isn't it? It's mm. Jesus Christ, it's Jesus the Messiah, it's Jesus who has come to do this amazing work of God um, mm. and to bring people to him. So yeah, it's a really powerful word, isn't it? Like we again, we kind of it's just become a bit of like a what's the word? It's like a naughty word, isn't it? <laughs> like it's yeah. a bit of a oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's become oh, it's that you didn't is vain. It's blasphemy. In vain. So that's the word I was thinking of. It's been it's like being said in vain, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's just become this kind of added part of his name. Hmm. Well, what I find funny with that is that when because when they say that it's because Christ in the Greek means anointing, so they're like they use it in a negative way, but it's actually a positive thing. <laughs> it's a blessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, anointed one <laughs> it's like you know when they're swearing you and it's because often like it's some you know in the example i'm thinking of when i've heard it i've been in cars with friends and they've said it or when they drop something and i think the irony of you knowing that what you're saying is that that's anointing mm. that mm. you actually think that that's a negative but you're actually anointing them but actually while you know we can get het up on that actually i think there's real beauty in that that mm. even in the anger like that's you're still anointed in that you know despite what we feel despite our sin god still yeah. annoys that god yeah. redeems that in that moment that's, that's really mm. never thought like that's just, yeah. that's just yeah. funny yeah. to me to think about when they're doing that and they're like anointed anointed mm. i'm gonna say that to someone next time they say that and they'll be like oh maybe i won't what, say just that say anymore. jesus the anointed one <laughs> no when they say i'm gonna say do you realize what you're oh, saying okay. Okay, yeah. question it what does it mean for you guys well, I was just thinking as John was explaining that it's like more of a title for Jesus. I was reminded on where it says in verse 23 about they shall call his name Emmanuel. 
because mm. I was talking about this on Sunday and looked into it because like, they didn't actually name him Emmanuel but they were like that was a job description that was a title that was what he came to do because mm. Emmanuel means God with us so yeah. the beauty of Jesus birth is that he God was incarnated so he put on flesh in order to live with us as mm. and he started off as a baby a weak helpless defenseless little child completely mm. dependent having come from such great grandeur and luxury and all of his power and authority and majesty and I think Beth you said it earlier it was like, and he was stuck with the animals in a manger mm. so yeah. but God chose to do that to be Emmanuel to be God with us mm. isn't that incredible that's why all of us Christians John should be excited about Christmas exactly <laughs> 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 yeah no I, I love that and I think like, that's something that when I came to Christ, like, even though I grew up in church, I never really thought about it until a lot later in life is the amount of names that Jesus has mm. that isn't his actual name. You know, like um, we were saying about like, you know, shepherd or redeemer. Um, I'm just trying to think of all the, the translations Jehovah. like Jehovah, Jehovah. Or, or Adonai, or, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like all those kind of names. But he's mm. at, you know, they're not he's actually it's like almost all these nicknames, isn't it? But mm. they're, they're not nicknames. They're yeah they are titles aren't they they're, they're job roles and I think that's a yeah again just another real like a real powerful aspect to who this this person is you know mm. the god in person shall I say love that yeah he couldn't fit one job role could he that's why he's got lots like for me I'm a teaching assistant that fits my role that fits my occupation at the moment but mm. Jesus was so much more than Emmanuel he was so much more than Adonai he was so much more than I am he was mm. So not no one description could actually perfectly fit him. Yeah. So that's why he needed a lot yeah. so that we could try and understand who he was. Mm. Mm. Love that. I think that ties really nicely to go on to like the second part of um, the passage when it, when Matthew writes about the birth of Jesus Messiah, the Messiah. And we've spoken briefly already, Natalie, you mentioned about if we look towards the end of that in verse 23, look the virgin shall, shall con conceive and bear a son and they shall name him Emmanuel mm. and it is interesting isn't it that that isn't the title that he's given that Jesus is and it later says that which means God God with us is God is with us when Joseph woke from his sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded he took Mary as his wife but no had no marital relations with her until she bore a son and named him Jesus and all these names he could have had and actually mm. Jesus was a really popular name at that time so he could have he could have given any of those names but I think it's really important because Jesus means salvation of yeah well like it, it is so important that he is salvation he is these things as well as so much more and this passage I read something really interesting couple of weeks ago and I tried to find it again and I couldn't because I saw it I read it on Instagram but it was by this female pastor in America and she focuses a lot on how to teach scripture and God and Christology and all of that to children she talks a lot about how we've got it wrong and she said in the Christmas story we've got it a lot wrong in that we make heroes out of Joseph or even Mary or the shepherds or the kings when the only hero in the story is Jesus mm. and God like, mm. we should never make them the heroes they are crucial parts of the story but she said it's it's not that you know Joseph yes he was faithful to, to God's dream but that was because God gave him the strength to do that it wasn't that he was the hero it's that God gives 
the strength to be able to do that or God gives us the wisdom to be able to understand that it isn't in us it's of God and that's a really I'd never like considered that information and I think that's really powerful because I've always admired Joseph in this story Mm. because it's not something that we can Mm. understand now you know we weren't born of that time we don't know the shame we don't know all the social social and cultural implications of Joseph having to you know having this woman who he was betrothed to he wasn't married to so he was betrothed which was still legal in Jewish culture so he still would have had to divorce her he just hadn't had the party so he you know he could have easily just thrown her out dismissed her but he didn't immediately and then God gave him a dream to make sure that it all tied Mm. together and again it's like what I said before it had to be Joseph because God knew that Joseph wouldn't do that straight away all these finer details Mm. isn't it it's so perfect and people read it and think you know oh it's a it's a teenage girl and this man who does this no it's so perfect because God knew those exact people were the right people Mary had to be the one to conceive because of all of these things because of her lineage because of mm. because she was a virgin all of these things are so important and joseph the same because he was the son of david you know because he's from that lineage all of it is so perfect mm. and we can't we can't gloss over that we can't shove that away the details in that yeah yeah i think some of the just even in in that kind of response from joseph just before that where it says an angel appears to him an angel of the lord appears to him in a dream I think my gosh what what would that look like mm. you know yeah. an angel like just the wonder you know like the christmas story um you just think wow it's easy to like oh yeah the, like we joked earlier I, I was an angel with tinsel and a like we're talking about something radically different than you know what we've seen in school plays and just the, the wonder and the majesty of god revealed to him in a through a messenger um so so that he would be equipped and able to to like you said like the shame of it all and the reality of it all but yet he knew that God had spoken to him. He literally had a dream from God. Um, I, I envy when you hear about people that, you know, I'm always a bit, you know, I'm, I'm never sure whether to believe them or not. But, you know, people say, oh, I had a, a dream last night and I saw the Lord. And you think, oh, my gosh, you know, mm. I've never had a dream like that. And I just wonder what what would, was that like? I'm sure Joseph was never the same since, you know, yeah. from that moment. Just the, the power and the wonder of that. It just sort of kept, It's easy to skirt over, but I think, wow, that. That's a moment just there, that one thing. I'd love to talk to Joseph about that. Um, what what happened? How do you think they must have felt, Mary and Joseph? Like, literally, you've got God in your hands and you've got to look after him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's like that song, isn't it? Like the Mary Did You Know song. I mean, I, I hear such a mixture of how people feel about that song in the sense of its words, you know, about did you, did you know that this, or did you know that that, and actually I was sitting there thinking the other day when listening to it is it's almost like did Mary, like, even though she knew the, the calling on, on her life and her, I guess her responsibility with, with this son of uh, son of God, but did she know, did she know like the, the worth of like, like you're saying, like holding that baby boy, like, like you're saying, like, did, you, you're, what's going through your head, Mary? Like, <laughs> so, such it's, a big it's, task. It's a big enough thing as it is, let alone adding the saviour of the world onto that. Yeah. yeah. And um, how inconvenient it was as well. Like they've had to travel for days. There probably was no room at the inn because they're probably the last to arrive because there's massive census going on. So she's really... You know, very, very pregnant, about to give birth, really yeah. uncomfortable, stuck out with the animals because there's nowhere else. 
must have been exhausted, frustrated. And yeah. oh look, it's coming now. What? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's that's my kind of thinking around like the Joseph aspect. You know, I keep I always think about his humanness in it. Like we were saying about like his, you know, obviously he's had this encounter with the angel and felt God, you know, obviously he's had God speak to him in that moment. But I was thinking about his humanness because if he's anything like Oh uh, yeah, I say you and me. Like you know, we have uh, we have our doubts, even like as, as church leaders, don't we? That you know, you think, am I doing the right thing here? Mm-hmm. Am, am I just being stupid? And that, <laughs> am I imagining what I feel God's yeah. called me to do? Um, so like, I can't I can't imagine the weight of that. Like though, it must have taken. You can't have been just a overnight yeah. switch. In my in my personal opinion, like I feel like. Did he go on a bit of a journey? Did he have to go for a walk? Like, <laughs> did he have to kind of go and sit by like a river and just sort of be like, "What are you? What are you asking here?" Because yeah. it, it's just massive, isn't it? Like, oh wait a minute, I've got one trust that my my to be wife hasn't done the uh, you know the naughty kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that that stuff keeps it comes into my brain. Like, I'm like, you know, that must have been such a a tug like between mm. the, the real and the holy. Yeah. Like the kind of what we know as the normal way of life and the the kind of anointed God aspects of it. Like that's just my that's mind blowing for me. And it's not something he could have probably offloaded to family and friends no. because who's going to believe that? Yeah. Like, oh, I suppose, yeah. you know, like, yeah. oh, just not. Oh, yeah, dad, by the way, I'm, you know, I am getting married to Mary. She's pregnant, but it's not my baby. It's the son of God. And he's going to be the savior of the world. You know, yeah, they'd have just... him, you know, sectioned. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. that's not... so he couldn't, they had nobody other than each other yeah. to share in that. And I think I, that's a piece that I really love. And I, when I think about the nativity story and them journeying to Bethlehem, like all they had was each other on this journey. And I think we, I relate to that quite heavily because in ministry, you know, John and I do ministry together. You and Natalie do ministry together. Mm. And sometimes you're the only other people who really know what's going on and how it feels because you know there are we're our life each other's life partners so we share things about all the ins and outs and sometimes you just can't offload it to anybody else because of safeguarding because of you know of pastoral care and responsibilities and all you have is each other and that's a heavy load to carry even in a marriage even in a new you know they're not even married yet they're still only betrothed they're only a couple of months in on this so that's so heavy for them to carry as a couple and they're most likely going to have been teenagers you know mm-hmm. so young so fresh and I just think we are we we've got to capture and hold those things and we've really got to to lean on those and understand that the weight of when God gives us things in that look at them as examples and I think they did lean on each other and they did use each other and the fact that you know unfortunately we don't hear much more about Joseph which is a real shame and it's probably the likelihood expected that he died before you know the the gospels before jesus's ministry started but i think to just know that wisdom that would have developed from them from having that close intimacy as a family like the three of them the Mm. things that they must have talked about Mm. must have been incredible mustn't it like yeah that it was like this because it's like when you you know you have a I think a special secret or like I remember when we got engaged and we we kept it for us for the day just just thought it was ours just so it was nobody else's just for that piece and they had that for a long time you know they had this powerful secret was it a burden was it a gift 
Yeah, it's it's probably it. both. Yeah. <laughs> some, days we, we, weird, some days work. <laughs> yeah, but we, we all have that, don't we? Like you referenced, um, Beth, that when God calls you to do something, it looks weird to everyone else. No yeah. one else understands often. Mm. It, we've had conversations with family and they're like, we think you're bonkers. You can <laughs> see it in people's faces and people in church. Um, we've had it with lots of different situations, but you just think, no, I really think God's asked me to do it. And you think yourself, I don't even know why I've got to do it, but yeah. am I going to do what God asks of me? It's a real challenge. And that's what Mary and Joseph were asked. Will you do this? Because I'm asking you to. And amazingly, they both said yes. Yeah, I love that. One thing that um, I wrote down in my notes for this session is that I have in my Bible a, a quote that I heard from Charles Spurgeon and it's from, I wrote it in 2011 and I've carried it over. If I've got a new Bible or a different Bible, I've carried it over because I just, I love, it's just carries such, like again, I think it's that precision piece again for me. And he said, Charles says this, he was born of a woman that he might be human, but not by a man that he might not be sinful. And I remember when I first heard that and I was a bit like, okay. And then as I delved into that more, just the weight of importance that it was so important that he was, you know, that he was born to Mary, who was a woman so that he could be human, but he couldn't be Joseph. He had to be born of the Holy Spirit by God because he couldn't be, you know, he had to be sinless. He had to be the savior of the world. If he was born of Joseph and then God just laid his hands on Jesus later on in his life, he would have had the sin of man. He would have carried that and he couldn't have then, you know, died and rose again. He couldn't have mm. become who he needed mm. to be. And it's so important that, you know, that is the crucial part of the story that it is, you know, an immaculate conception. It is part mm. of that. He was of born of the Holy, conceived by the Holy yeah. Spirit because he had to be born by that so that he didn't carry the sins of of humanity he didn't mm. carry those sin, the sins of man in that and i think again we miss that in the joseph piece you know and it isn't because he isn't important but it's that's the key part and he plays in that it's not that he isn't important it's that he plays the role to remind us that jesus isn't born of man he is born of god he's the son of god and why that's so important because it means that we have our sins saved that we can have a relationship with god and live mm. an eternal life and that's yeah. that's the key part of all of that isn't it it's the it's the connection to it all it's jesus being with us and coming for us yeah. and that's mm. the cent central to that you think it's interesting isn't it over two thousand years after the birth of this child we're still talking about it yeah. and for generations before that they were expecting this person to come but they didn't know what it had looked like but yet when jesus was born it's just creation and heaven couldn't contain their excitement for it there were wise men that traveled across countries to get there there were shepherds that saw angels talking to them and joseph had mm. angels and there was a star that was being followed and you just think that's very very unusual isn't it i don't know any other birth that's like that has all of that going on so therefore this child must be incredibly insignificant and important and that's why we still talk about it I love that Yeah, I'm quite um, struck by, as we get into the second chapter, just there's this interesting side story that's happening with Herod. So there's King Herod, and and basically it says that he hears about the the, the promised Messiah, um, and that there are there are wise men coming to 
to find him. And so he says to them, well, when you find him, can you come and let me know? And they don't. They're a bit sneaky. They don't do it. Um, but then it says later on, like halfway through the chapter in verse 16, that Herod realized he'd been tricked by the wise men. And so he decides that he's going to basically, um, he gets furious and he sends out and kills all the male children. Mm. Um, and it's not until he he dies, which is just a few verses later, but that would be a, a whole lifetime. Um, he dies. And then an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, you can come back now um, mm. because Herod's gone. And it's just this really interesting side story how there's this promise, like we've said, of salvation and new life and, you know, a fresh start for humanity. Yeah. That's kind of one positive force in the world. Whilst like the image of Herod is almost there's this side story of actually there's a force in the world that wants to bring death and destruction and, and like remove Jesus from creation to mm. remove from humanity the ability to be put right with god mm. and and for like, that's that that's what changes the human heart isn't it is sort of coming to jesus as a savior and getting free from herod in a way getting free from sin and death and from satan uh, it's an amazing sort of story there of life and death it's uh yeah, it's interesting chapter one and chapter two <laughs> yeah very different yeah. yeah i think that's the thing that always stands out to me as well is that even though it's over in a sense so few verses the magnitude of time within that as well like we were we were talking about that in a bible study we did years ago didn't we with our original team at Fabsham SA was around this idea that it doesn't happen in one night like it's mm. it's mm. the it's a period of like five years plus yeah. you know and I think that for me that was quite a revelation because you kind of grow up and you, you sort of read these verses like, oh, and then the Magi just randomly show up like so many days later. <laughs> yeah. it's not days, it's like years later. And it's, and, the, and like, and, you know, in the story of like the journey that, that Mary and Joseph work go on isn't a just down the road, like you're going to the co-op. It's, <laughs> it's miles, you know, and we, we looked it up, didn't we, on Google Maps and we were like yeah. calculating how long it would take to walk and all of that. And then you sort of take into account that you're on a camel or a donkey or a, mm. she's yeah. pregnant and all this aspects and you've got to stay overnight because you can't travel nonstop, that kind of stuff. And the and, danger of it. And yeah, just... and I think that aspect's just, when you think about the magnitude of that mm. um and then like you say you know like what you've said gordon like you then adding that the fact you've got this blo this crazy bloke that's just killing all the boy kids yes. um on top of that and you're then fearing for your child's life you're then having to be refugee and go to a different country mm. and then yeah, add that into the mix i mean it's yeah like, i just it's amazing it just it blows very, my mind it's very dramatic isn't it it's very movie-esque yeah one of the pieces that I think if I was if I if I was to want to look at a snapshot of of any of this story I think it would be either when the shepherds or the you know the magi meet Jesus because there's a song that I absolutely love um by the piano guys called angels from the realms of glory and the music video for that um it talks about it says suddenly the voice ascending shall proclaim the Messiah's birth. And then it goes on a bit. And then it says, we shall hear the father's throne gathered all the nations to him. Every knee shall bend thy bow. And in the film, in the music video, the shepherds and the shepherds are leaving and the Magi are walking up and they, they just get to the place where they can see Jesus in the manger. And the three of them just fall to the floor. And it's not like a drum. 
it is dramatic, but it's not like a, oh, it is just an instant drop to the floor, like bam, touched by the spirit. They're down on their knees and they are sobbing. And it's not like a, a wailing, dramatic EastEnders sob. It is just that something that you can only, like something is only of the spirit that we perhaps having, you know, been involved in church life or experience with people being saved or touched by the Holy Spirit have witnessed those powerful, real human emotions that can only be captured by being touched by the spirit mm. and i would just have loved to have watched that moment when they just you know fell to the floor and almost like the air is sucked out mm. of the room because they're just in yeah, wonder so, like yeah. they and it's and it makes me think of the verse in esther when it um i think it's like 9 14 or it might the other way around but for such a time as this you know how amazing would they have felt to know that they were the ones to be able to yeah. to be they're witnessing this to see the messiah they were chosen they were given that message i would have just have loved to have captured that because when we sing a lot of the carols that is often the image that is playing in my mind about bowing at the the throne and how actually and the manger sorry and and how we all need to do that so so often how we all just need to come with just mm. absolute awe and wonder and just be on our knees ready to to do what we can and I remember that when I've lost, when I've got lost in the hustle and bustle of work and the commercialization of Christmas, it's always those moments that bring me back to reality. You know, being at that manger scene, the reality of who this baby was and is mm. for, for them is just, it just captures me so much. And I just get, yeah, my heart, like my heart is racing now thinking about it because it's so powerful. You just want other people to be able to capture that, don't you? That that power mm. of that that moment mm. you think yeah the wise men they traveled for i don't know weeks months mm. they saw something in the stars and they thought that's significant what is that all about but they kind of figured it out and as they like traveled through the countries i'm sure they told other people oh, why don't you come and come with us and see and you can just imagine that that excitement like there's something really significant happen we think the messiah is going to be born do you want to come and meet him we're mm. off to go and find out who he is where he is what he's up to what's he look like yeah. and it's just incredible you think that is like no wonder they bowed at his manger because mm. of all of that like suspense intrigue mm. all building up over that length of time and then suddenly they're there there mm. he is and he's a child Mm. yeah I, th I think it's interesting how the, the wise men arrive and say we've seen the star where's where's your king yeah. and um obviously herod doesn't like that but it says also that jerusalem was troubled as well and so even the people that were waiting for the messiah were like oh, hang on a minute we've not even seen this you know it's not a bit of a surprise and i think often when jesus appears in someone's life it's it's quite a surprise isn't it like people aren't yeah. it's sort of out of nowhere and um quite quite a shock and uh I, I just i just love that it's like they didn't even know they didn't have an inkling at all um then obviously there's this extreme response from herod um, that we've already spoken about mm. Mm. that's why my mind always goes to like on the e like on the evening that that happened like the birth happens you know it's there's like a motel that's basically full of these <laughs> loads of people isn't it because yeah. a room in the inn yeah. and i'm like did they realize what was what was happening yeah. you know what i mean like i'm like my brain someone was just cooking their dinner casually yeah, and the like messiah's been born like, <laughs> just outside cut the meters across yeah. yeah they've just been outside to get some ice and then come back in and then that's <laughs> happening next door like that's just mental isn't it like, yeah. 
And I just wonder, like, do they did they realise? Did they sort of hear all like the hustle and bustle in the in the weeks following, like the people that were visited there for the census and heard all this happening? Like they would have heard of the, you know, the, the word would have got around quick, I'm sure. And then like, yeah, like there are people that aren't even mentioned in the Bible uh, they, that would have been impacted by this. And mm. I think that 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 just blows my mind that it's not just a it's not just the shepherds, it's not just mm. the wise men, it's not just the it's not just Mary and Joseph it's it's there's 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 a population of people that aren't mentioned there that would have I'm sure been impacted by what had happened Mm. I like the fact that it is shepherds because I and and major that are mentioned because shepherds were a bit like the outcasts of society they weren't in the town they were out in the field looking after the sheep all sweaty and smelly and all of that kind of thing, just hanging out together. And then you've got the wise men must have been quite rich because they've managed to fund this travel all the way to Bethlehem to see this king that's being born. And it almost is like the extremes of society. So the major, they weren't Jewish heritage, were they? Unlikely, Israelites. And you just think there's this whole swathe of people that can be like summed up in those two people. Because like you said, there would have been everyone in between. It would have been, what about the innkeeper? What did they make of it? yeah yeah it's just yeah there's a bigger picture stuff isn't it it's just massive and I always like I always go back to Mary and I think you know she's just given birth it's not a nice thing to have to have Mm. gone and then everyone's like come to see the baby you know in those moments she could have been like excuse me no but already with she didn't even get a second to enjoy just being a son already he is you know she has to share him with the world Mm. and the selfless act of her mm, to be able to do that, you know, the sacrificial, you know, she's she's done this hard, hard labor literally for him, for this. And then she's just on parade, you know, sharing him with people, you know, with dirty, as you said, Natalie, dirty shepherds, sharing him with all of these things, just being like, you know, that that freeness to just give that. And I think today we it makes it challenges me to think, you know, do I, am I as free in giving of, mm. of what, you know, what God asks of me? as she mm. was do I without any questions without any doubts just give of you know give of the things that God has given me to to share or asks me to share you know I'm probably like no that's my time it's precious I shouldn't be doing that well Mary didn't think about that she yeah. just gave freely yeah. that's a huge challenge for me personally to remind myself that I need to be more like that I need to not think it is of mine not mm. you know these this money isn't mine this time isn't mine all these things are given they're gods because they've been gifted to me they come from above so i need to be able to share of them freely in that because Mm. they are a gift they're not mine to own they're gods that have been you know gifted to me and that's i think this year probably that's a challenge for me thinking as we step into more of christmas and just not being so precious about what's mine but just about all of this is for god so being free to to share that out yeah it's not in this passage but one of the verses i love about mary says and she treasured all these things up in her heart Mm, all that those things you're talking about there she treasured them in her heart i think they were really precious to her that's Mm. amazing Mm. so so like yeah so captured and so beautiful Mm. i think one of the things that is a miss will be a miss for us to ignore in that is John alluded to it briefly is that Jesus becomes a refugee and today that is something that 
it almost when you say that word it stirs up a lot in people doesn't it it's a word that is almost we hear so much in our news in the media negatively but um and when I particularly hear Christians or you know whether it's over here or in you know any other part of the world you know being anti-refugee or anti-immigration I always just think like really do you know your Christmas story mm-hmm. <laughs> because we literally have Jesus was a refugee he traveled you know he fled from persecution yeah. and for us to not let our you know our fellow man in we're not letting Jesus in because that's what the story reminds us of yeah, yeah. we're like, basically saying no room at the inn when, when we do that we, yeah it's good yeah yeah, yeah. And it's a real challenge to us, isn't it? I think that this, you know, it's that um, piece where you just, oh, you gloss over what's good for you. Oh, yeah, we've got the birth bit. That's fine. We don't have to worry about chapter two because oh, we'll mention the Magi because, you know, they're kings and they're important and they show God's majesty. But, oh, it doesn't matter that there was a massacre of infants and that Jesus mm. had to flee from that. It, you know, it's, yeah. oh, that's a bit too <laughs> messy. That's a bit too dark and heavy. But actually, mm. that's the reality of Jesus's life. It started... Yeah. in this way yeah you think there's a whole generation wiped out really yeah, yeah. Herod at that time yeah. so they all really, the children aged yeah. 0 to 2 have, have basically been executed and mary and joseph again another angel yeah. so i've just counted i think there's about four or five times yeah. an angel speaks to joseph um, <laughs> all the way through his journey it's amazing really but uh, again an angel tells him flee to egypt mm. um and so they go um and Jesus is the only one of that generation that survives. Everyone else in Jerusalem and Judea uh, under the age of two, who's a male, dies. It's a brutal story, isn't it? We don't often preach that on our Christmas services and when we're going into schools, doing our nativities. But it's such a powerful story. And like you say, Beth, he's then raised as a refugee for a couple of years. I don't know how long in in Egypt till Herod dies um, in a nation that's not his own. Um, they've literally fled what effectively, like you said, genocide and it's mm. sort of like for the for his very life. Um it's a powerful image. It replicates, doesn't it, the story in the old testament of the Israelites being in Egypt in mm. slavery and then they were called out of it. Mm. So it's like Jesus also fulfilling the story from the old testament years as well. It's just like good things come out of Egypt. There's mm. a time to be in Egypt and there's a time to come out. Mm. Yeah. And all these things have you know are in god's time and in god's season and we have to we have to trust those moments and the faithfulness of mary and joseph Mm. to stay and listen you know they could have said oh we've heard that you know well herod must be dead by now no they waited until god told them they didn't say oh you know we think a few years five years later it's been fine or whatever Mm -hmm. they waited until they were hurt they heard from god Mm. And, Mm. and i was just thinking as i've just said that how so for our ministry journey we have a lot of people say to us you know why we haven't gone into Salvation Army specific ministry as in ordination to be Salvation Army officers and we always say that you for us we had a different we we were called to be ministers it was you know placed upon our lives we felt God say that that was what he called for us to to do but then there's also a difference about when we're called to go in and somebody very wise once shared that word over me that the two can come at the same time, but also God, you know, we, we don't always get the whole picture from mm. what from God at the same time. And we have to be faithful and remain in scripture and word and in prayer and connected to God 
to have the wisdom and discernment over when that can be or the literal word from an angel as to when that can be it doesn't it's not always going to be in the same moment we're not always you know joseph didn't get the full story in that one that first encounter you said gordon potentially five times recorded could be more yeah so we god doesn't just give us everything at the at once does he god it's over time we've got to be faithful it's not it's not a snapshot thing with god we've got Mm. there's a there's a journey there's a path there's a year there's years in it i think it it reminds me again of the refugee thing you said beth as well how faithful mary and joseph were how obedient they were Mm. and because they had to not just leave their home and go to the town next door which is what we did that was hard enough but they had to go to a completely different country probably a different language they had to joseph was a carpenter wasn't he so he had to reset up his business there they couldn't take everything with them they could only take what they could carry really couldn't they yeah so they had to do that what two three times Mm. recorded you just think that's incredible and how faithful and obedient shows you that people like you you and i and anyone else who's listening that we also can be obedient Mm. you don't have to be the son of god to be obedient and to do what he says Mm. yeah amazes me at how every year we can learn something from this story yeah and we have a question down just as a kind of broad thing to think about is because I had this question posed to me um, by somebody uh, um, in Faversham and they just said, how do we receive from Christmas message every year when it's the same story? Mm-hmm. And I was really challenged by that because I, I remember saying, oh, I learn something new every year. And she was like, she was like, but how can you know? She said, you know, surely after 50 years, you don't hear this, you know, it's repeated the same thing and I said well in my experience from what I've heard it's different every year Mm. I wonder if you could just you know capture a bit of that you know why do you think or how do you think we can receive something different every year and the kind of why why every year it's important that we come back to this and that you know every year we can capture something different to that well I've been a Christian since I was about 12 years old and I've read the bible since then so I've read it quite a few times by now, <laughs> definitely over 10. Um, but every time we read it, something different stands out because it is the living word. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's the living word of God. So it speaks to you. It's not just a book. Yeah, it's, it's not just a book. It's living and it's active and it challenges and changes our hearts and our minds if we take it seriously. So that's why I think reading this every year it should be a really exciting thing. Like, oh, I'm going to read the Christmas story again. Mm. But it's a really exciting thing because you're just like, I'm looking at who Jesus is. This Jesus, this this baby who came as, he is God and he's also human and he's saved the whole entire world and it starts here. Yeah. yeah. That's something worth looking at and thinking about. Yeah, I, I think for me, just that every, every year I'm, I'm older and I look at this story again, I, I, I change. And so as I, I approach it through different eyes. And so I read this now as a parent. Um, I, I, one day I'll hopefully read it maybe as a grandparent who knows and I'll see different elements in there as, as my view of the world changes and I think like you said Beth as, as we think maybe about kind of refugees at the moment and kind of some of the cost of living crisis and migration issues just some of those challenges over the last year or two that that's quite a, a new thing isn't it and so that leaps out to me this time whereas maybe five years ago that wouldn't have maybe been the aspect it might have been whilst my wife and I were, were, were trying to have children. Like I'd read the thing about like 
my gosh, look at what they've had to go through with children. Like, gosh, I would imagine that, you know, like it's, it's really difficult, isn't it? And so I think as I, as I change and I read it every year, it, it just takes on different significance in different areas. Mm. And it speaks so much of the magnitude of God. And we alluded to that at the beginning, doesn't it? You know, that he can hold many titles and have many names. God isn't limited to one thing, to one year, to one day. Mm. God can be for every season. And, you know, like this year, I think, you know, we'll probably hear a lot of messages that about God of poverty and, you know, mm. that he was born into poverty and that in yeah. the difficult times this year will be that. And in five years time, wherever we may be, God will be what we need to be for that time too. And that is so mm. beautiful. Like I get like literal goosebumps thinking about that. Anytime we read this, it will be what we need mm. because God is all that we need yeah. in those moments. Mm, love that. Yeah, I resonate with what both Natalie and Gordon have said as well. Like the the fact that it's the living word that it moves within every season of your life. Um, yeah, and I, yeah, I resonate with that massively. And I just think um, you do, you do, you sort of just read it with fresh eyes each year, mm -hmm. right? and you you pick out different aspects of it that that just sort of fit with where you're at in your your own season. You know, I'm thinking like this year more about more well more every year about joseph and more about how faithful he was to the to the person he loved um and the person that um he wanted to be married to uh, with this whole situation and then having this this baby boy come into his life that in a sense wasn't of his blood but you know he he had a duty to to look after that that child and to to bring it to safety and then having to kind of uproot and carry on and then every year like, I get more and more closer to like appreciating who he was because again he just didn't really listen or read much about him but yeah I just think I just resonate with what everyone said really I think that's mm. yeah it's just beautiful and I think ultimately it holds the challenge for us to come to it with that heart to re mm. to be ready for it isn't it to not to not have our heart filled with the stress and as I say this I'm like you know I'm preaching to myself you know to not be stressed about you know worrying about the serving of the community to not be worrying about the right presence to not be worrying about the decorations to not be worrying about lights or the Christmas dinner or who's going to be there or what that because mm. in the reality is all those things just we just give we can just give to God and mm. and I had one of the things that I, you know, I think we can, we say that, and a lot of, I've had a lot of people say to me, you say that so flippantly, just give it all to God. And I said, but there is so much weight in that. And that's, yeah. I think, ties to why I connect with Mary so much in that it isn't so easy to just give it to God. And we say those things, but we've got to do it. We've got to literally bring our gifts, bring our sheep, bring our mess, bring our dirt, mm. you know, bring everything, bring our pain of labor, bring mm. our our animals bring literally everything the dirt of the ground the stars in the sky all of every element we've got to just bring yeah um to to be able to receive this message in the right way because we can't let the secular world we can't let commercialism and money and gifts and prize mm. push jesus out we've got to let that remain true and i think it's a real challenge for us as christians to not do that you know the commercialization gets more and more every year and how mm. and how we ensure that the right message the real the true message stays that and I wonder for you guys as pastors and leaders in a community how are you finding that challenge this year to 
to make that known in the community that you serve we started talking about the christmas story didn't we last week so i started it on a sunday just inviting people to think about the reality of what happened here it's just like if you do if you are a christian if you're not a christian there's something significant clearly about this birth from the history and from all the words that were spoken 700 plus years before this child was born Mm -hmm. and what's happened since it was a pivotal moment even in our time frames our years are numbered from Jesus aren't they you just Mm -hmm. think it's something that impacts us but do we actually take into account that the reason that that was so pivotal pivotal and important is Mm -hmm. because God became man the almighty powerful Mm -hmm. limitless God became a limited human being just to demonstrate his love for us yeah if we truly take that on board that will change your life yeah i think i think just in a very practical way so on on, on saturday actually at the, at the weekend so as we record this it'll be the middle of december but how this is a message that we need to share with people um so in uh, uh, matthew it talks about in chapter one uh, the verse from isaiah Uh, And it says this, if I read the Old Testament version, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And so God wants to give all of humanity a sign. And the sign is this. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and he shall call his name Emmanuel. And so the the message really that, that I think people need to hear is that God has revealed himself. And if we can find this virgin who's given birth to a son who we read about and explained earlier is this Jesus, this Jesus Christ. Um, actually he's the one that that can completely change our heart like redeem us Mm -hmm. make us new make us right with god give us a brand new life can deal with all the brokenness and the mess and so beth where you were saying about the the need to tidy up christmas and we've got to have it all perfect and you know like we've looked at at the beginning it's it's like a messy family tree and then even you know the context that jesus is born into gosh like there's murder there's like you know kind of fleeing for your life to another nation it's anything but neat and tidy. Um, and the main thing that God wants to communicate is he's okay with the mess. He doesn't want us to tidy up our lives so that we can come and meet him, but he's actually entered into the mess. He's literally the incarnation. God became flesh in the mess so that we could find him. Isaiah's saying, look, this baby is really significant. Um, and so wise, wise men seek him. And so I think the message is, is sort of sharing with people, Jesus is really significant. Have you thought about him? Have you thought about what that means for your soul, for your life? And so on Saturday, I'll be going out with some friends and we'll just be going to um, to bless them at Christmas, encourage them, and also to to say, look, can we introduce you to this man named Jesus? Um, it's a really powerful message. I think that's such a, a beautiful way to kind of mm. draw this to a, an end, but... I think we have two questions that we're always going to want to finish these questions, these like interviews with our guests with. And the first one is what what can we pray for you? What can our listeners, if if you are a prayer, a prayer, if you connect with that, you know, in communicating with God, what can we pray for you in this Advent, this Christmas season? Um, what can as as a family, as a can we pray for? Yeah, if if you could pray for us, I think just for us as a family, Christmas is messy. So last year I lost my stepdad, and so we'll be spending Christmas with Natalie's folks this year, and uh, we'll be going over to visit my mum. And it's the first Christmas, well, the second Christmas, but 
the second one where really we're not all in the same level of grief. And so we, we would really appreciate your prayers for that. Um, Christmas can be a difficult time. Um, it can throw up a lot of the, you know, I think, again, that need, like we've spoken of, of everything being neat and tidy. Sometimes Christmas reminds us that it's not all neat and tidy, and that can be difficult. Um, and so, yeah, if you could pray that for us, I think pray that for the town, for a lot of people. Christmas is a challenging time. What We're going to um, hopefully have a great Christmas, but I'm sure it's going to have its challenges. And so, uh, yeah, we, we would love it if uh, people could pray pray for that for us. That would be beautiful. Amazing. And um, obviously this being at the table podcast, the, the second question is, uh, who would you want at the table this Christmas, dead or alive? Uh, it could be a celebrity, it could be a former family member, it could be anyone. Who would you like to have at the table and maybe share in Christmas meal and have conversation with? I was asked this, yeah, I would really love to, be there it's a bit of a different answer but I really love to have been there when um Jesus invited himself around to Matthew's house was it Matthew yeah Matthew's house it'd just be like what was that all about with all the Pharisees there and all the people that are starting to follow Jesus I'd love to have been at that meal (laughs) the tension would have been hilarious wouldn't it it's like what what did people make of him it's like yeah what were the different responses yeah, I think for me, this is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek one, but genuinely, I think I would like to um, invite the ex-Chelton Athletic Manager, Ben Garner, yes. to um, our Christmas meal because he's just lost his job. He was sacked last week and um, or a few days ago, and I would love just to get the inside track on that. And I'd want to cheer him up because I guess he's quite sad. He's lost his job, and so I'd want to be a friend to him and um, yeah, oh, let him have some extra Brussels. Yeah. <laughs> I think for context for our for our <laughs> listeners, Gordon and John, their friendship has grown and blossomed over their love slash hatred slash despair yes. for, our, for our sins uh, um, of Charlton <laughs> Athletic, the football club, which is why, uh, yeah, that's where that grows. And they journey up there in a little community that they've got. Yeah. Um, so that was. Yeah, we're both yeah. we're both hurting right now, aren't we? <laughs> uh, There's yeah. a lot going on. Uh, yeah. So who would you guys invite? Yeah, who would you invite? Well, last so we asked this of each other last time, so I'm going to say a different answer. So last yeah, I time I said different. Michelle Obama because I I love Michelle Obama. I think she's a fantastic woman. So I think I'm going to give a different answer this time. I would really, really love to sit at the table with a woman who I've only just learned about. Um, so I found out that um, the reason that my family are Christians, that we are part of the Salvation Army, is because a woman stopped my three times great grandmother um, in the street. She was walking. She lost my great, 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 great grandfather had died. She was walking her and her children to the workhouse. And this woman, a salvationist, saw her in the street, said, what's wrong? <laughs> my relative unloaded her cares. And the woman said, you're not going there. You're coming home with me. Wow. And brought her to her house, brought her to the Salvation Army. The family was saved. And because of that, Gosh, sitting here today. Just the power of I was, I was I was completely captured. The power of the invitation, the power of witnessing her and faithfulness. And I just I would we don't know this woman's name. It's got lost in the family, Mm. you know, line, but I would just love to sit at the table Mm. in the Christmas and thank her. Thank her for for that kindness thank you for being touched by jesus to see to extend her heart and her home to to my you know my family because 
I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have been mm. saved without that woman. So I'd love to have her at the table. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's a great story, that. Like, who am I going to come with? Now? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, uh, <laughs> that, that's why we need to tell people about Jesus, isn't it? Because you never know the long-term impact you're going to have. Exactly. No, exactly. It's powerful, exactly. isn't it? You know, four, four or five generations down the line. So, you know, we talked about 14 generations and that story continues. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to do it because the, the generations will last. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a key reminder. Yeah. All very different answers, but that's yep. why we have this question because at the table we can have literally anyone. Well, I mean, Gordon stole mine, so <laughs> <laughs> you can come when Ben Connor comes around. You can, yeah, you I'll can go, join I'll us. Yeah. Along. I'll bring yeah. me up. We'll lay an extra place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's for you. But yeah, thanks so much, Gordon and Natalie, for mm. for giving up your time and for coming on at the table. We love you guys. We thank you. Mm. Um, if you're listening to this and you live local to Sittingbourne and you're looking for a church to go along to, uh, we we really do recommend these guys at Hope Sittingbourne because they are an amazing church that worship in a Costa Coffee. So you can't go wrong with that. You get <laughs> coffee and you get to praise Jesus. And uh, yeah, we just thank thank you for for being part of uh, this Christmas journey that we're on. And we would definitely be praying for you both and mm. the this next season that you're going into with the looking at fostering and stuff. But yeah, we love you. But yeah, thanks for listening. If you've tuned in for the first time, feel free to find us on social media um, or to share this podcast with those that you think may, may be impacted by this. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. If there's anyone that you want to sit at the table and have a conversation with, we'd love to hear that. Or your favourite part of a Christmas meal or your favourite Christmas song, we'd love to hear from from you there but it's uh it's goodbye from me it's goodbye from beth thank you see you later guys it's goodbye yep. from gordon and natalie bye thanks for having us we shall see you next episode next episode for the gospel of luke or the gospel of luke with sarah rose with sarah rose bye-bye bye oh